Welcome to the Bregman Leadership Podcast. I'm Peter Bregman, your host and CEO of Bregman Partners. This podcast is part of my mission to help you get massive traction on the things that matter most. With us today is Tracy Goodwin. Uh, She reached out to me and I was so excited to look at her book. Her book is Captivate the Room with Your Voice. And it's it's, it's a niche area that she's focused on that is such an important niche area, which is how we use our voice and what our voice says. It, not, not just the content of what we say, but so much of what we communicate, everybody by now knows, is how we communicate and the authority with which we speak and you know what the way we speak communicates about what we're trying to say and about ourselves. And so Tracy's here to talk about that with us. She has a background in acting, in speaking. Um, she has a tremendous number of degrees, everything from child drama to corporate communications. She, I think, is the woman for the job uh, to help all of us figure out how to show up in a way that brings the best of who we are into the room. So Tracy, thank you so much for being on the Bregman Leadership Podcast. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with the basic question of why the voice is so important. Well, the voice is the instrument that has the ability to make me feel, to make me feel something. The voice, you know, the voice is the orchestra of the heart. And so it is the it is the instrument or the tool that expresses exactly how we feel. The interesting thing about the voice is there's five vocal variety elements. There's five senses. We use our voice to touch other people's senses, which in turn affects their emotions. And and that's how we create connection. That's how we you know, get compel people to take action. So in my world, the voice is the most powerful tool we have. So I want to reflect already that I, because I'm attuned to it now, having looked at your book and also just heard what you said, that you're expressing the idea with with subtle voice technique, that you're you're expressing your emotion around it. You're expressing the word that came to me was wonder as you as you were describing it. So I think, you know, already I'm beginning to hear things differently than I would have heard them uh, otherwise. You mentioned five elements. Can you describe them? Yes. There are five elements of vocal variety. Pause, which is the most powerful tool in the toolbox and the one that most people avoid. There are shades of loud and soft, shades of fast and slow, shades of high and low, and elongation. And so there's five of them. There's really a little bit more than five, but I put it in the the group of five and the big problem is because of our psychology of the bo- of the voice, most people gravitate to one. When you gravitate to I, I go fast, I go fast, I go fast, or you know I get I get up here and I stay up here. You're not you're so predictable and you're not touching our emotions. But when you roll in all five, you take us on a journey. So I'm curious about. Aside from those five, because I want to go into a little bit more depth of those five, there's also the sense of robustness of the voice itself, that there's a sense of authority 
that that one can convey with you know there's certain people who talk and they have a low baritone significant voice and and even when you sort of talk like here with like the kind of little pitch that there's a distinction of what you're communicating and you know is it worth and can we cultivate more authority in the the sound of our voice and and am i asking even the right question well, I think that it's ultimately about confidence. And I think that that confidence comes in controlling the conversation. And so I think when we get locked into one thing, one, we're predictable. And so see, every 90 seconds, our brain tells us to check out. So when I know where you're going and what you're doing, and that 90 seconds kicks in, I got to see what's happening on Facebook. So we want that unpredictability. We want that journey. And so by by stepping beyond that one thing, we are conveying more confidence because when we get stuck in one thing, we're kind of asking for permission and we're kind of being really, really careful. What I hear you saying in your question is, what do you think about bold choices? Well, I think bold choices is how we get people fired up. And it doesn't have to be my version of bold choices. I'm a little large, you know, I'm vibrant. This is what I do, but I need your version of bold choices. And yet we work in this safe box of what are they thinking? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't want to cross the line. Well, you're never going to get the result you want when you stay in that voice box. No pun intended. So you're saying something very powerful, which is that, um, it's not just about how you breathe or, you know, how uh, you, you know, lower your voice an octave. You're, you're saying that it has to do with the intention with which we speak or the groundedness from which we speak. And that ultimately, if, I'm, if I've made a decision and it's a clear decision that that's more important in terms of the authority of my voice. That will come through the authority of my voice, as opposed to if I'm a little wimpy around my decision or I'm unsure of it or I really want your approval. Oh, you better believe it. You better believe it. The minute I start worrying about the words and worrying about what you're thinking, see what happened to my voice, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here, and so I'm playing it safe. But if I can connect to that message Forget about the words, connect to the message and bring it to life. Trust that, okay, I'm going to get fast here and trust that I'm going to get quiet here and trust that pause. I mean, just getting people to take a pause sometimes is massive. And when they do, they see the power of it. But yeah, trusting the journey, trusting, trusting yourself. It's great. It's great. And, and it's, it's, it's actually great for coaches who are listening because as coaches, you're, you're certainly in a position of helping someone show up powerfully, but you're also in a diagnostic position. You can hear through the hesitance of the voice that maybe they haven't totally committed. And, and you could use that data in order to ask them a question that can get them to see that they haven't committed or they're ambivalent and to address that ambivalence. So that's very powerful. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, and I train my people, you've got to be the tour guide. 
I don't know what you know, even if I'm in your field. Let's say, Peter, you and I went to the same school. We're in the same field. I don't know what you know. I didn't walk your path. I didn't have your journey. You have to be my tour guide. You have to let me know with your voice what you feel and what I should feel. And when that happens, there's a connection. Then you compel me to take action. Then you've got me. I'm a fan, you know. And it's not that, you know, we might think, well, if I want you to feel something, I'll, you know, I'll tell you. <laughs> I mean, I, I this sounds obno- uh, ridiculous, but but oftentimes, you know, I'll tell you what I want you to feel is what I hear people say. And that what you're saying is not only can you not tell me what to feel, you know, like the absurdity of saying you should be happy or you should be excited, right, which we hear all the time, but we know is not effective. But you're also saying that even the content of what you're saying isn't the full picture. It may even be a very small percentage of the picture that it's how you say it that generates the feeling. It's not what you're saying, but it's how you say it that generates feeling. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest mistake I see people make is they give all the power to the words. I have a saying, the words are everything and they are nothing. It's how you bring them to life that changes me. So let me ask you a a hard question, which has to do with writing, which is writing is all words. And Mm -hmm. the inflection comes from the reader. So, you know, we're talking about voice and it's perfectly valid for you to just say this is outside the spectrum of what, you know, I, I could give you advice about. But... But, you know, while we're here, let me ask you, is there a way of conveying voice in writing that does the same thing? That's a great question. And uh, it's certainly not I'm certainly not a writer and I would never say that's my expertise. But I can tell you about a couple of experiences that I have had where people have sent me their material to look at. And I read it. And what I felt was the same thing that I hear. I don't understand how important you are. It's your about page. I don't feel your importance. Can you go back in and toot your own horn and your words a bit? Or, you know, an energy healer friend of mine, she sent me some uh, some material and I read it and I said, I need more adjectives. I need more adjectives because I get it and I like it and it's good, but I need you to get me fired up. Put in those words. So it is. it is kind of the same. So give us some hints now. How could we improve our voice? One of the things that you've already said is get grounded in yeah. what you're trying to say, what emotion you're trying to convey in people, how you feel about something before you, before you speak. What other advice could you give us to improve our voice? Well, first of all, and yeah, grounding is huge. Connecting to that message, getting in your body because – When you are up in your head thinking about those words, your voice and your body cannot work. You're disconnected. And that's where, you know, people come to me. They say, I'm not captivating. I have no confidence. They're focused on the words every time, right? So that's like major. So when you tell people, sorry to interrupt, when you tell people to ground, how would they do that for people who don't know how to ground well, I'll give you the, the best, the, one of the very best ways I teach it, and it's going to sound absolutely crazy, but you got to trust me on this. It works. You sit on a hard chair, feet on the ground, hands, palms down, sit right on, sit on your hands, palms down, 
and speak out loud for two or three minutes. That forces your sound straight out of the pipeline. And see, because the voice is the most vulnerable tool we have, it's trying to go out the jaw, it's trying to go out the hands, it's trying to go out the nose. But when you sit on your hands, you it's kind of like those rings, you know, those children, you, you have children, you stack those rings on the stick. It's like stacking those rings on the stick. You sit there on your hands for three minutes in a hard chair. You're, you're putting everything together and your sound will flow out and you will connect into your body. Taking in a breath is another way. You know, I don't believe in, I think it's really a slippery slope to say, just remember to breathe. You're not going to because you've laid into your muscle memory. We're in brace mode. Hold our breath not let it out. Maybe we're going to breathe, but we're not going to let it out connecting to the breath. But if you can start with some fuel, if you can start with a breath, ground it, sit on your hands, talk out loud, your sound's going to flow out of your pipeline. It's got to flow to me for me to connect with it. All right. So that's, that's one of the major ways I teach this. Does it matter if you breathe through your nose or through your mouth? See, they call me a little unorthodox, Peter. I I believe it. W- what works for you works. Great. I've all you know. I've always felt that about everything. We find your solution. Great. So what's next? So we're grounded. What else can you okay. guess? Speed is not your friend. I hear from so many people that they go fast because they're afraid they're going to lose their audience. That's not. You're, you're, you're doing something that's never going to get you the result that you want because, and I go back to, I don't know what you know. And so if you start hurrying up, you're trying to think about the words you're trying to get. You see me looking at my phone, you're dozing off. You do, no, you, I'm gone. I'm out. I don't know what you're even talking about. That 90 seconds kicked in. You're blazing along. I got to see what's happening on Facebook, right? So speed is not your friend. The goal is to, to calibrate that speed at what I call a five on a scale of one to 10. 10's an auctioneer. One, you're asleep. You got to go at a five. Now you can give me pops of fast and you can give me pops of slow, but your core has to be a five. So Going fast is not solving your problem. You got to calibrate that five. And I guess you're probably very intentional about where to be a 10, where to be a one and where to be a five. I mean, five would be normal. What kinds of situations might we want to pop up and what kinds of situations might we want to slow down? I'm getting really excited. I am getting really excited. So I want to speed up a little and I might roll in a little loud there. See, loud is what everybody's go, you know, everybody goes to loud. I think we must have learned that in third grade or something, you know, (laughs) be loud, be loud. No, loud is the weakest tool in the toolbox. So I get excited or I really, really want to make a point. You know, people go, go fast with anger. No, no, no. You want to get some power. You slow down. I need you to understand how I feel. So we get to more intense moments. Uh, We get to more feeling moments. We get to more power moments. We might slow down. And that's where it gets really fun, Peter. You have these five elements and you start regulating them and, and you start controlling the conversation, not the outcome. It's great. Give us another one. Okay. Another, another tip. Yeah. Another tip. All right. Let's see. I think one of the trickiest ones, but one of the most 
important and powerful ones is melody. Because melody is where the trust is built. And we fear melody. Melody is scary. Melody, you know, that's, I think, one of the reasons that we jump into that I got I to gotta keep it all under control. I got to keep it really safe. I got to don't let anybody. Well, they're not trusting you. They're not going to learn from you, buy from you, follow you, etc. So I think it becomes important that we start playing around with melody. And the best way to do that is for me to say, start being yourself because in life you do it. So help me understand melody. I mean, I understand it in a song, but I don't understand it in speech. Well, you see, I just went up. And now I'm back down. I want to tell you something. Did you hear how I went up and down? Yeah, maybe this is a blind spot for me around melody. So melody is when is, is pitch or it's not pitch? It is. It is. It's pitch. It's the ups and downs. It's the highs and lows. It's the, it's the roller coaster. I need you to see this. I want you to know how I feel. I really like where you're going with this question. You see, and I honestly think that pitch is, I personally, in my experience, think that pitch gets tricky for men. And I have a theory why. Why? I have, well, because of what I teach, I believe in what I call psychology of the voice, that our experiences in life starting from childhood lay in our voice into our muscle memory. And every bad experience, every negative, shut up, be quiet, you're no good, that shapes our voice. And I think because men go through that voice change and they had that the girl laughed the boys laughed that some they had this one ding and that went into that subconscious mind and laid in we got to be careful we got to be careful here and so men become more monotone in order to avoid the melody that you're saying is so effective because it it, it both makes speaking and listening more interesting and also accentuates a variety of points. Yes, yes. And, you know, women, women have an albatross with pitch as well because they, they kind of get stuck up here. A lot of women do. They get stuck up here so they can't utilize the lower. So it's, I think it's one of the most fragile ones, but I think it's really important. And I think that the best way in a, in a short podcast to tell the listeners to work on it is think about being yourself because the closer you get to letting me in, because you use more pitch in real life than you do when you make a business presentation. So now if you could crack this one, I'll be very impressed, but you know, saying to someone, be yourself and actually them being themselves is very, very difficult. And I think the gap has to do with stress. It has to do with the situation. In fact, the more types of situations you say to someone, just be yourself, those are the kinds of situations where they would find it most difficult to be themselves. So what tips can you give people that could help them in those moments when they are least likely to be themselves to increase the probability that they will actually be themselves? Yeah, that's a great, wonderful rubber band ball question. I think a lot of it has to do with some inner work. I think just based on the people that I have worked with, what I have seen with them is they are exceptionally bogged down. We as a society are exceptionally bogged down with what other people think. And I think that that plays a big part in, I can't be myself because what if they don't like me? 
And so I think you have to answer the question, you know, I'll never forget, I'll never forget the time I said to someone, what are they going to think about me? And she looked at me and she said, they're not, they're thinking about themselves. And that cracked open a whole can of freedom for me because I had been, I was raised in a family where I wasn't allowed to speak. The irony that I'm a voice coach, right? And so all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, everybody's not obsessively thinking about whether I'm doing a good job or not. Wow. So I think we have to wrap our minds around something that resonates with us, that gives us the freedom to say, the people that are going to like me are going to like me and the people that don't aren't. And that's okay. You You know, know? it's it's interesting because it, um, what it makes me think is the importance of having such a grounded life that you're rarely in a situation where you're in dire need of people thinking of you in a certain way. So I can imagine in sales, for example, you always care what the other person thinks because what the other person thinks is uh, makes the difference between whether you're going to be able to accomplish the sale or not. On the other hand, being too concerned about what the other person thinks is probably the thing that will, will counteract the sale, like will, will be counterproductive to the sale. So in effect, you have to not need that sale in That's such right. a way where you could be yourself, which means that the rest of your life has to be in order in a certain sense, that if you don't get the things that you want, you still know that you're okay. And the rest of that, your life might simply be, you know, being in a meditative space and meditating for 20 minutes and knowing that who you are is more important than any particular thing that you accomplish. But ultimately, you need to be able to give up things in order to be able to show up and not care uh, what, or not care too much or not shift your behavior in order to get somebody to think about you in a certain way. I love that so, so much. And I cannot wait to hear this podcast. I'm going to replay that over and over because that's it exactly. And that's what I was kind of talking about earlier. We have to give up the outcome. We have to play the journey because if I start focusing on, I got to have this sale, I'm going to use your sales one. And and, and I start, I got to have it you're going to hear the desperation in my voice. I call that voice barriers. That's going to push you away. So I'm going to start implementing vocally what I think is going to get me the result that I want that is never going to get me the result that I want. But if I let you connect with me, if I let you in, and it's, I'm not saying, oh, I don't care about your sale. Who cares? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, let us in. And that is what bold choices and vulnerability is all about. So you've had a little bit of time to get to know me, at least on this podcast, and you've, I know that you've looked at some of my work uh, because you've mentioned that you've seen some of my, I mean, not my work, but you've seen some of my speeches and you, um, I would love some feedback from you uh, to, you know, I mean, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but you know, this is what you do and I've got you for another couple of minutes and why not take advantage of it? So I would love for your sort of unadulterated feedback. I mean, what do you see that that works and what do you see that I could do better in my voice from your experience? Great. And I do love your work. And that's one of the things I love about your work is I'm kind of like taking Scorsese to a movie. I'm pretty tough on voices because I need to, you know, I want to be affected emotionally. And that's one of the things that I have enjoyed so much about your work, especially your videos 
which is really an albatross for many, many people. And I don't believe in bad voices. I believe in voices and I believe in amazing voices. And you're tough. You're tough. I mean, I, you, uh, you are putting me on the spot only because I'm, re- you know, I, it's, there's not a lot of obvious things. I will say this to you. I want to ask you a question first. Do you feel like your sound is stuck in the back of your throat sometimes? I do. Yeah. Okay. That's the main thing I hear. So what has happened is something along the way in your life has, and this is very, very common and people don't even realize it had, and it's a ding that came in and it, and it, your subconscious mind said, hold up, hold up. We got this. We're going to lock this sound down a little bit. So you're having to work a little harder than I want you to have to work to let that sound out. So literally it becomes about tapping into a different layer of muscle memory to it's kind of like your pipeline has a little bit of a clog in it it's very very slight and the regular the audience is going to be like what is she talking about i don't hear that peter's great and you are great you are so great no no, no but you don't have to uh, that's great thing. i hear it i hear it and i feel it so great yeah how do we so solve you want me for to, it yeah okay fix me. i want i'm gonna fix it okay so i'm gonna spell a word for you are you where are you from are you from new york originally I'm from new york originally yeah, yeah. Okay. That and, and sometimes region has to do with it as well. I want you to say a word for me. I'm going to spell it because I don't want you to say I don't want you to mimic me in any way. It's spelled C-O-O-L. Cool. Okay. Say it again. Cool. All right. You feel that in the back of your throat? Yep. All right. Now we're going to do something silly. We're going to, you're going to bring your mouth really far forward, almost like you're puckering up to kiss someone. There you go. Now say it again. Say it like three times in a row. Cool. 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 One more time. Cool. Now say it normal. Cool. Totally different. Totally different. It feels different to me. Yeah, it sounded totally different. And it should have, it felt like probably it was flowing out a bit easier. Yeah. Yeah, which is great for, you know, I've got these people that come, they speak six, eight hours a day and they're, they're ragging their throats out. It's because they're having to drag their sound out. So literally all I did was I just propped your pipeline up a little bit. Wasn't bad. And by, so we tapped into a different layer of muscle memory that the pipeline had forgotten. That's very pipeline, cool. Isn't that, isn't that cool? So how yeah. do I, how do I then integrate that into, I mean, I know we're, you know, we're playing around with seconds. But how do I integrate that into my everyday speaking? Okay. So the way, it, the way muscle memory works is we've got to lay it in, we've got to get it set, and then you make it your own. Now, literally, this can happen in, in a month's time. And so what we do is I give you some words, and I'll, and I'll send you some words, and you're going to repeat those every morning. You're going to repeat those words every morning for about you know, two rounds, you're laying it in, you're laying, it's like face, uh, gym for the face. All right. So you're doing your exercise, you're doing your exercise, you're doing it, but it's not warm ups. We're laying in a new layer of muscle memory because you're tapping into a layer that's not serving you as best as it could. So you're going to get this list of words. It sounds like cool, fool, things like that. You're going to practice them every morning for four minutes and then it's going to start integrating itself. And is it only operative for words like cool or is it, does it end up affecting all of my speaking? It will affect all of your speaking because what I'm doing is I'm using that set of words to pull that sound out of the back of your throat. And I have to say it actually already feels to me as I'm yeah. speaking that there's a difference. 
Yeah, because what I've done is I've tapped into the middle muscles of your face that were a bit weak. And so the lower part was of your face was holding your sound in, was holding it in. I just prop that pipeline up. So it really is not even about, well, what words are we using? It's about what muscles I wanted to tap into to get that sound flowing out. So you practice that for literally my people can get their sound unstuck in about two weeks. That's fantastic. And, you know, yeah, it's really cool. And some people it's the jaw. Some people it's a nasality. I could just hear it in the back of your throat. And so once you free that, because see, what I love about you is I've heard you do an amazing job with vocal variety, which is my thing. And I've heard you do a great job with that. When you, that sound being stuck a little bit is inhibiting the maximum variety that I hear inside of you. I hear glimpses, which is great when that sound is unstuck. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's about being, you know, going to the next level is what it's about. And it's about flowing. It sounds like in a way that, you know, there's literally, I'm going to use the, the terms that you're using, but that, you know, you unclog your voice in a way that it more freely and completely conveys what it is that you're trying to express. And, and that ultimately is, you know, the key to using your voice. I, I'm, I'm so delighted to have had you on the podcast, Tracy. Uh, Captivate the Room with Your Voice is her most recent book. We will on the show page show you how to link up with her. But Tracy Goodwin, thank you so much for being on the Bregman Leadership Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed being here. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bregman Leadership Podcast. If you did, it would really help us if you subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. A common problem that I see in companies is a lot of busyness, a lot of hard work that fails to move the organization as a whole forward. That's the problem that we solve with our Big Arrow process. For more information about that or to access all of my articles, videos, and podcasts, visit peterbregman.com. Thank you, Claire Marshall, for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.